Welcome to episode 10 of our Detroit News podcast, Octopulse, taking the pulse of the Red Wings in year one under Steve Eiserman. I'm Mark Faulkner, assistant sports editor, and I'm joined by Ted Colfin, our Red Wings beat reporter. And we're coming to you from the press box up high at Little Caesars Arena. The Wings about to face Taylor Hall in the first place. Coyotes tied for first in the Pacific Division with Vegas and Edmonton. But first, Ted, you were in Toronto last night, a 4-1 loss against the Maple Leafs. How do you think the Wings played? Well, let's first say, how many times have we ever said the first place Arizona Coyotes? That's that's a sentence that hasn't really uh, been spoken about very much in the last 10 or 20 years. But uh, no, coming back from Toronto, another loss. Can you believe that? (laughs) I think that makes it, what, 15 out of, I think, out of 17 now from a typical game of late. I mean, just typical Red Wings. Not enough offense, some sloppy mistakes there in the third, and lo and behold, shocker. And more, more injuries, too. Got Anthony Mantha hurt, Jonathan Bernier was hurt early in the first period, and they also lost Adam Ernie. So, yeah, good times. Happy holidays. Ted, you just mentioned two players we'll talk about Anthony Mantha and Adam Ernie. After the game last night, you talked to Dylan Larkin about Mantha's injury. Mantha was body slammed to the ice by Jake Muzzin, and Mantha is on IR. Here's what Larkin had to say. You know, it's scary. I think it's preventable. Uh, I don't know. I think the league really needs to look at that, and uh, that can't be a wrestling move, can't be in our game like that. And, uh, you know, there's no defense to that. So, um, yeah, very scary. Hopefully he's okay. So, Ted, how did you see the play develop in the third period? Jake Mazin and Anthony Mantha deep in the uh, Detroit zone. I think Anthony Mantha needs to be a lot more judicious about when he needs to step in. I didn't think it was necessary to step in there. And lo and behold, he gets hurt for the third time in his short career while protecting a teammate. I mean, you, that's... You never want to tell a guy not to protect a teammate, sure. but I think that was, if there was a battle, that was Anthony, uh, that was Madison Bowie's battle to take care of. I don't think, it was a, it was a clean hit. I didn't see nothing wrong. Yeah, I didn't see, and lo and behold, Mantha gets in there, gets hurt. Gone for at least a week, probably a little more than that. And the Wings are without their, one of their better goal scorers. So it's a tough situation all the way around. But frankly, I, I just don't think he needed to be involved there. You also mentioned Adam Ernie, who scored his first two goals in 28 games. Here's what he had to say, what he told you after scoring those two goals against Columbus in the last home game. Hopefully they're just going to start going in. You know, like I said, I feel like, you know, slowly I've been getting better and better. And, you know, as the team has, and, you know, hopefully they'll just start going in. Ted, when you talked to Ernie earlier in the season, he was hoping to develop some of that offensive skill. He scored seven goals last year. Can you see Steve Eisenman re-signing Ernie in the offseason? And what would be the high end, do you think, with Ernie moving forward? Well, I mean, they are probably, they are disappointed with the offense, let's face it. I mean, he did, like you said, Mark, he had the seven goals. He hasn't come close to matching that this year. He's a good grinder. I think yep. he provides a useful presence there in the third or fourth line. I'm I'm fairly certain they'll be bringing him back next year. I mean, it's a low ceiling. I mean, I don't know how much offensive ability he has, but he, he does provide some grit, a physical presence. And he was trending upward the last week or two. He's had a better all-around performance. He's, he's, he's somebody to, he's not one of the foundation pieces by any stretch, but 
he'll help this team in the, in the short term. Now, I have a, a story this week on Steve Eiserman's nine years in Tampa Bay, nine years, six playoff appearances, three conference finals, one Stanley Cup final. I spoke with Tampa Bay's GM, Julian Brisebois, who spent nine years working with Eiserman, building one of the most successful franchises, primarily through the draft. And certainly, Ted, when they face off on Sunday, in Tampa Bay, Red Wing fans will at least get a glimpse of what good drafting will look like, won't they? So how many years, how many drafts do you think it'll take Steve Eisenman before they get to that level of a perennial contender for the Cup? Oh, Mark, I mean, it's tough to tell, but yeah. I ran into a scout this morning at the airport and he just kind of laughed and snickered about how far this team is back right now. I mean, the best thing that could happen is probably win the lottery for the next couple of years and get a couple more foundation pieces but I mean let's not kid ourselves this is a they're a long long way I mean when you look at that roster how many people do you really I mean you figure what Dylan Larkin Anthony Mantha probably Bertuzzi maybe Philip Ronick yeah so you got four yeah basically well Zadina I suppose but he's still a little bit of a question obviously he just started his career you got four people right now on that roster that you you want to build around so in essence you need to replace 16 people mark and you hope those 16 can play well and be you know producing victories for you it's a long it's gonna be a lot of work several years for sure and don't forget steve eisenman already had steve stamkos and victor hedman before they They don't have anybody close like that here they don't have anybody close i mean so it's gonna you hate to put any number but they're not even close right now Speaking of the draft, coming up next, we're going to take a look at this week's World Junior Hockey Championships, the Red Wings draft picks to watch, and some of those players we were kind of alluding to, Alexis Lafreniere and Quinton Byfield, the two Swedes, Lucas Raymond and Alexander Holtz, and the Russian goalie Yaroslav Askarov. But first, a preview of the American team with NHL first-round draft picks, Cole Caulfield and Trevor Zegras. Here they are now in an interview recorded on Monday at USA Hockey Arena. Joining us now are Cole Caulfield and Trevor Zegras, two players trying out at the uh, U.S. World Junior tryout camp here at USA Hockey Arena. It's almost like a home away from home here. It kind of feels like we never really leave this place coming here over the summer and now, sure. now back kind of right away. Um, but yeah, it definitely just feels feels different. Like get, just getting to the airport and then driving here, it's, it's it's really cool. Yeah. How about you, Cole? What's it like? Yeah, I mean, coming here, it really does feel like home. You spend so much time here, and um, you know, whenever you're here, you kind of feels like you've never left. So it's good to be back and uh, um, you know see some familiar faces in the offices and and the coaching staffs too. So it's been pretty special so far. How about a quick update, uh, both of you, Trevor? You're at the Boston University and uh, you're a teammate of one of the Red Wings draft choices, Robert Mastro Simone, and also Ethan Phillips. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe tell us about them and how your season's coming along, point per game so far. Yeah, so I mean, obviously Boston University is awesome. It's a pretty close drive for my parents, so they get to come up and see a lot of games. And I think our teams, I think we're full of Red Wings draft picks. We also got Casper Cockinsolo. He's a junior, so he's he's a great dude. Um, but I mean, those guys, Robert and Ethan, are off to great years, also um, making a big uh, big impact as freshmen. So. And Cole, what about uh, Wisconsin? Uh, you're coached by a former Red Wings coach, Tony Granado, mm-hmm. and you have, I believe, like 12 goals in 18 games. Uh, first of all, tell me a bit about uh, Tony Granado and, and your season so far. Yeah, coach has been great so far. I think um, 
you know, obviously we haven't got off to the start we wanted, but, um, you know, it's a long season and, you know, hopefully we can turn around, but he's been great so far. I mean, um, it's a lot of fun playing there and um, obviously the season's, for me, gone gone pretty well and, um, you know, hopefully I can keep that going when we, when we get back. Cole, what's the biggest difference from last year with the U.S. National Development Team program and first year at college, the style of hockey? What's it What's it been like for you? Um, you know, it hasn't been too, too different. Um, I think playing college games last year with our team, you know, really helped out a lot, just, you know, kind of being comfortable and, and, and kind of expecting, you know, what's going to happen. So, I mean, it, it's been an easy adjustment so far and, um, you know, every game you kind of feel more comfortable going to the next. How about you, Trevor? What's it, what's it been like? Your role on the team? It sounds like a really, uh, a really talented team too. That you fit in. You've had a role there. Yeah, I think it's been really good. I mean, especially with with the age difference from freshman to senior. Obviously, there's a lot older guys on your team. Um, so I'd say that's probably the biggest challenge is just like like connecting with those guys on a different level off the ice because um, I think that kind of translates on the ice and I think that's why we were so successful here is because we were such a close-knit group um, so I think that's that's kind of where we're trending right now as a team and I think we're really starting to pick it up. Why else do you think um, a lot of you guys were successful here? There were 17 players taken that you guys were two of the eight players taken in the first round. Uh, what do you think Cole? Um, yeah, I think again it's just you know how close we were. I think um, you know, I've never been on a team that was as, as close as we were, and um, that goes to show just um, you know everywhere we were, like on our road trips, um, you know at school, like everybody was close. You could hang out with anybody, and um, you know I'm just so thankful to be a part of that group. And the coaching staff was awesome for us. They taught us so much, and um, I think because of how close we are, that's why we were so successful. And um, yeah, it's a team I'll never forget, and I'll have those best friends forever. Trevor, maybe you can update us on two of you, actually, some of the players. First of all, Jack Hughes, and you guys are probably keeping an eye on, on him up in New Jersey, teasing him. And What are your observations about how Jack's been doing? And yeah, I mean, obviously it's a blast watching him play in the NHL. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I keep in touch with him as much as I can. Um, but, I mean, he loves it. He's having a great time. Obviously, he's living in Jersey. So, <laughs> I, I just, you know, <laughs> giving, him, giving him some some hard some hard times he's not living in New York he's on the other side so I'm um, just busting his chops about that but he seems like he's having a good time Cole he <clears throat> he was your center for so long but I mean what, what's <clears throat> that like seeing him and some of the moves some of the things that have been going on you've seen his family at the games his first mm -hmm. goal and um yeah for sure I mean we keep in touch basically every day and um oh. you know kind of we don't really have to even talk about hockey it's just because we're so close and um but I mean, just watching him, you know, play in that league is so it's so cool, and um, I'm so happy for him. He's he's doing pretty well, and um, you know, he's just such a great player, and he does some crazy things out there. And um, you know, he's he's been off to a good start. I mean, it's a hard league to play in. Um, you know, he's been holding his own, and um, it's a lot of it's a lot of fun to watch him. You know, the program. Steve Eisenman was asked last year at the draft when you guys were there in Vancouver about the success and. I don't think he was downgrading what happened, but he said, well, that's what you get when you put all the best players in the United States in one area. It's so oversimplification. What are your thoughts about what people say about why you guys were successful as compared to, say, Canadian junior hockey, where you guys have a lot of friends, where there's like 60 teams and the players are more evenly distributed throughout? Well, I mean, obviously, I think the biggest thing is it's a two-year program, right? So you come in the first year and you're figuring out together, and then by the time the second year comes around, you already know your identity and you know, you know, kind of each other. And I think it's just pretty easy. Like when you go to those international tournaments, you're not like figuring out then; you already have it figured out. Um, so I think obviously that was pretty special. I think we we won the first like five tournaments. I think it was. Um, so that was pretty cool. And cool. What are your thoughts too? I talked to an OHL general manager who said one. Not even a drawback, but sometimes your third and fourth line players kind of got buried. That there was mm -hmm. a lot more talent there. 
So his observation was if that player was in the OHL, he'd be first line or whatever. You guys were near the top line and power play and things, but what are your thoughts about that observation from that OHL general manager? <clears throat> Obviously, you know, every guy in that team, on their team before here, I mean, they had a, like a significant role with the best player on their team, um, you know, played a lot of minutes, was on the power play, basically did everything. And, you know, coming here, um, you know, you're coming here to win, you're coming here to develop. And um, I think the the part that, that's probably the hardest for most kids is, is maybe adapting to a different role and, and stuff like that. But, I mean, you're coming here to win, you're coming here to develop and get coached and, um you know, it's all about winning the U18 World Championship, and I think, um, you know, we, we came up a little short, but um, obviously every every one of our guys on our team, you know, accepted their role and, and did it to the best of their ability. So, um, you know, I think the teams that do that here, um, you know, kind of have the most success. So I think obviously it's tough for, for some kids to adapt and change, but um, you got to know coming here that that might happen, and, you know, the, obviously the biggest part is just winning. So, um you know, it's a, it's a, it was a great group of guys that we had, and I think why we were so su successful is that everyone accepted the role. You mentioned the uh, under-18 uh, World Championships. So coming here to Plymouth in April, um, can you, you you played in it twice, you said, and Trevor once. Can you tell mm -hmm. our listeners what to expect when some of the best 18-year-olds will be playing right here in Plymouth and Ann Arbor? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's probably the most competitive tournament uh, I've played in, so... Um, I mean, most of the guys are draft eligible, and, and so they're all competing. It's the last tournament before the, the draft, so um, there's a lot of great great talent there, a lot of excitement around every team, and um, every game is, is pretty close, and it's exciting. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a blast to play in, and, um, you know, it's more exciting when more people are there in the stands. So um, it's a lot of fun, and, um, you know, we're, all, we're always cheering for the USA. Trevor, what, what about your experiences with the under-18 Um you said that you guys played against Alexis Lafreniere, who's supposed to be one of the top picks for this year's draft. What was your, what was your experience like? Uh, I think that's kind of the best part is yeah. playing all the, the top guys from each country. Um, during the season, you don't really get to see those guys too much. So playing Russia, playing, playing obviously Canada, Sweden, Finland, those games are the ones you really get up for. Um, and there's no really, no really game better than, than that USA-Canada game. So I think, I think that's really special. And the... Uh, World under 20s in the Czech Republic. If you guys make the a team, the first game is against Canada. So we know how the viewership is in Canada with TSN, and certainly in, in the United States too. It's popular on the hockey network. Can you guys tell me what it was like growing up watching the World under 20s? If you do make this team, yeah, I mean, growing up, it was almost like a tradition to watch this tournament around around Christmas time. And I just remember a couple of years ago when the when the U.S. won the gold medal, just like how excited I was, just like cheering and jumping around that they won. Uh, so now it's pretty cool that it's like I guess our turn to try out and try and make this team um, so it's definitely really special and I won't, I'll, I'll cherish it how about you Cole what's uh, what, are, what are your expectations uh, 72 goals last year playing with Jack Hughes 12 <laughs> goals already um, what are your thoughts if, if, if you do make the team yeah I mean obviously we got a, a pretty good team I think you know there's a lot of guys uh, you know having a lot of success this year and um, you know we should have a very competitive team a, a hard-working team um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to hopefully being a part of it and mm -hmm. um, trying to do what I can to help the team win. And um, you know, we got such a such a close you know group of guys that have kind of played together already before. So I mean, it should be a lot of fun. We got a great coaching staff, and I think we're all pretty excited and got a lot of energy about going over there and um, you know hopefully creating our identity pretty quick and um, you know hopefully playing in that last game of the tournament. Finally, guys, if you could just talk a bit about what it's like. Um You've left the program, uh, Trevor, you're drafted by Anaheim, and Cole by Montreal. What's it been like 
at this stage, like you're not in the NHL, you're certainly working towards it. Can you tell me a bit about what your life is like right now? Yeah, I mean, you're kind of just uh, trying to just be a normal college kid, uh, you know, playing hockey. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. There's a lot of distractions, but you kind of just block them out and, and kind of take it day by day. I mean, obviously, obviously there's a lot of excitement, you know, coming here and, and hopefully trying to make this team. But, um, again, just trying to stay in the moment is probably the biggest part because, um, there's obviously a lot of distractions that, that can get in your head. And, uh, you know, you just got to stay in the moment and, and do what you can each day to, you know, focus on your main goal, whatever that is. And, um, you know, it's been pretty exciting being here so far. And, um, you know, we're just going to focus on, on this tournament and, and what we can do to win. Yeah, I mean, you kind of just got to push that to your back, back of your head and just focus on where you're at at Boston sure. University or whether it's here at the national team. Um, because, I mean, you can't really look look at that as, like, a something you can do because, I mean, that's obviously down the road in the future. Um, so I guess, like Cole said, just kind of stay in, stay in the moment, just just work on what you can. Our thanks to Cole Caulfield and Trevor Zegras. Yes, they made the team, of course, and the U.S. will face Canada on Boxing Day Thursday. And, Ted, one Canadian player for Red Wing fans to watch during the holidays is defenseman Jared McIsaac, a second-round pick. He's in his fourth year. He's an older player with the Halifax Mooseheads. He's 6'1", 195. He's coming off a shoulder injury. He'll be on the Canadian team wearing number 14, one of the shutdown defensemen. So could you imagine a defense down the road with Marit Sider, Veronic, Jared McIsaac? That would be at least the oh, building blocks. Still a long way to go. I mean, they haven't even proven themselves in Grand Rapids yet. I think one people... One player that a lot of Wings fans here will be interested in will be Joe Valeno. Yes, yes. Uh, he's, he's had a rough go in Grand Rapids. He really has. This is more of an opportunity to play against his peers in one of the best tournaments in the world, the best tournament in the world. Maybe he gets some confidence. Maybe he plays some good hockey and goes back to Grand Rapids a little bit more energized and has a good stretch run here. So that's going to be a more insider, obviously, for the German squad. Yeah. That'll be interesting to see how he plays. So there's a variety of players out there. And Look, the Metro Detroit area doesn't watch junior hockey. They don't watch the junior tournament. But hopefully, if you do tune in, you're going to see some of these stars of tomorrow. Some of these guys are going to be draft picks that the Wings are going to be interested in. And you do see people like Valeno and Sider playing against their peers. It's it's a great tournament. It really is, and uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how some of these guys do, obviously. And wrapping up, Ted, the Wings have some time off on the holidays. They'll be back in action going into Florida for Saturday's game against the Panthers, and we mentioned the game against Steve Eisman's former team, the Lightning. Yeah. What do you expect there before we get back to the podcast on New Year's Eve next Tuesday against the San Jose Sharks? That's always a tough road trip in the sense that you're off the ice for five days and then lo and behold you have a practice Friday morning and then boom you're right back in a game setting the next night and you play back to back that's never easy coming off the holiday break and you got two strong opponents too I know Tampa's not playing nearly as well as everybody expected but I think they've beaten the wings literally like 16 straight games and then Florida I mean I think Florida's gonna be a playoff team they're gonna sneak in there some some way it's not going to be. None of these games are easy <laughs> no. for this team, and those two aren't going to be. Okay, that'll wrap up uh, episode 10 of Octopulse. You can follow Ted on Twitter during the games at T. Colfin and read his stories online at DetroitNews.com and in the paper. There's also Wings coverage 
on our new Octopulse Facebook page on Instagram. We're always on Instagram stories, Snapchat. And this week we do have a bonus daily World Junior Report with updates on some of those Red Wing draft picks as well as the progress of five female players from Michigan who are in the World Under-18 Tournament in Slovakia. So lots of hockey for the holidays. Enjoy the game tonight, Ted. Happy holidays, safe travels, and we'll see you back here next Tuesday. You too, Bart. You too.